Hi everyone, welcome back to the Words with Dragons podcast. Today I'm doing, I have like a couple of sort of like questions that I'm hoping to get to in a kind of like Q&A, but just sort of almost like general fandom catch up because we finally got some news at the San Diego Comic Con in late July that was super exciting. And I can't believe it's already almost been a month. It's crazy, or it's been over a month. That's crazy. And we also got the season two novelization out. And so I'm going to be going over kind of like my thoughts on the season two novelization. And because like the seasons have been out for so long, it's just novelization of everything we've already seen. I will be going to like the minimal, I guess, spoilers, new information that we that we get in the novelization. So if you're not interested in that, you can you can skip ahead. Um, and then I'm also going to be talking about kind of like we got over 20, I think, out of context kind of spoilers. And so for the ones that I'm talking about, I am going to be saying them out loud just so that like, if you don't remember, have all the spoilers memorized, because like I don't, um, you can still stay on track with what I'm talking about, still know what I'm talking about and all that good stuff. Um, And so to start, I think I'm just going to talk about the season two novelization, because in some ways it was both like really similar and really different to the first season's novelization and both, I think, like some pros and some cons. And so I'm just going to give my kind of general thoughts and then maybe some of like quotes or relationship stuff or realm stuff or whatever that was there that I thought was really interesting. Um, Certain things in the book, kind of like, again, the season one novelization that like I'm just not accepting as canon because they don't quite like make sense to me or doesn't match up with how I view the character because I'm like the novelization is different than the other like additional material that we get and you know there's all these and then you just have the the show the canon text and then mentioned all the video game we have the tales of Zadia so it's like there's all different sorts of stuff kind of going on um and for the additional materials if it's not in the show it's not in the show so that's kind of like my main canon and then the others I'm like I generally agree with um but I'll get into that and then also all the stuff that I really liked about the novelization because there was a lot as well there that I really really enjoyed so I'm excited to talk about that um so we're just gonna drop in there and have a good time and so I guess like one of the things with the season two novelization was like that they that the, probably the biggest change that they did was that in the season one novelization they kind of had an omni um potent narrator you know kind of like you were jumping into everyone's heads all the time and so you could have a scene and one part of the scene could be from Calma's point of view and the next part of the scene could be from like Claudia or Soren's point of view or Ezrin or Rail or like or one of the other characters points of views and then you would jump back and so there was that really nice kind of like ebb and flow but one of the things that they uh said was doing when they were doing the season two novelization was they wanted it to feel more kind of like succinct and so it's kind of like the chapters are split into scenes and you're only in one character's head for that whole scene and i do think it helped with maybe making the book more coherent but personally i really missed the way that we could jump into multiple people's heads because then there were like there were certain lines or moments where we were only getting it from one character and i would have loved to kind of know what another character was thinking in that moment and like you know it's not like there's going to be another novelization release of the same season where we get to see that and again it's like it's not as though if the novelization um 
you know, it's maybe like if even if they had switched it up, it's like, oh, then I would have missed out getting the point of view maybe that we did because I do think they chose good points of view. Um, the main kind of scene, I think, when, that makes me think of that is kind of like when we go into Callum's dreams after he does Dark Magic in, in late season two. And there's a really cool detail actually on the physical copy, which is the one that I bought. I didn't want the ebook. Um, I want the physical copy for the novelizations. Ebooks, ebook is for graphic novels because then I want to make like edits and icons and stuff. But for the novelization, what they did for those chap for those chapters and pages where Callum is in his dream, they colored the pages like black and they did like a similar sort of thing for the flashbacks. And I thought that was just a really cool little visual thing that like they didn't have to do, but it looks pretty nice. So I was I was quite pleased. And then one of the things that kind of disappointed me like in that in that section was that we're only getting Callum's kind of point of view of his of his dreams, but we never cut back to um, Rayla when his breathing starts to go out. We get the very like beginning of like end of like 208 with her when she's like stops being angry with him and is kind of like, well, I care about this stupid idiot. Like I'm mad at him, but like I'm starting to, he doesn't deserve this and I feel bad and I'm worried for him. And then we never cut back. So we don't actually get to see kind of her thought process leading up to her almost confession to Callum. And like on the one hand, I think it's fine because I think it's self-explanatory. And there are certain things where like, I like that it's kept to fans for us to decide how you think that that went. Like I have written that drabble and that meta before about what I think was going through her head and like what was making her you know if you, if you want to do a deeper dive because I do think it still works perfectly fine surface level if you do want to do a deeper dive I think you definitely can because there's a there's a lot in that like four lines of dialogue that I think says a lot about their relationships I was kind of disappointed we didn't get that um but one of the funny things that we did get and this is probably maybe we're going to talk about Raylan again later, but this is one of the kind of things that I thought was like interesting of like, in the novelization, Callum like overhears her whole confession basically. And he's still kind of out of it, but he hears it. And he like kind of almost asks her about it. Like, what were you saying? And she doesn't really respond. And I'm like, Callum, you heard her say it and you didn't think, huh, maybe Rila likes me. Like you're still in like that deep of like just being completely oblivious to the fact that this girl like loves you with her whole heart and I was like season three makes a lot more sense now you know like I always was kind of like yeah it made sense to me that Callum was like really surprised when she kissed him but I'm like if you heard that and your thoughts still wasn't like oh my god like does she like it? I'm like yeah Rayla has the patience of a saint um so I thought that was quite good and then one of the other things kind of on like the romance angle that I thought was kind of like surprising and this is probably the one thing where I'm like I don't really think that it's there in canon the way that any of the book implies that it is but like again that's neither here nor there like everyone's allowed their own interpretations I don't always have to agree with the writers or the voice actors or anything. And like, there's a million little tweets and interviews running around. And it's just like, again, if it's not in the show, it's not in the show. And so 
And it, it wasn't like disproving. I, I, the one thing that I guess like surprised me was that in the novelization, there's a line where Cal and Claudia are on their date and it's mostly written from Claudia's point of view, which I thought in and in, in of itself was like an interesting choice. And she has this line of like, she's she wants to kiss Caleb more than she's ever wanted anything. And that's really interesting to me because, and I feel like maybe I've talked about it a bit on the podcast before, and I've definitely written some pretty extensive Calum and Claudia centric like analysis about the, about them as individuals, but how that impacts their relationship and then just their relationship with each other um, on, on my Tumblr. And that kind of surprised me because I never really got the sense in, in canon. I was like, I always kind of got the sense from Claudia that like she really cares about Callum and she probably does maybe have like a little crush or she genuinely thinks that she does have some sort of romantic feelings for him. But I always kind of got the sense that like more than anything, like she enjoyed having his attention and she enjoyed the fact that he liked her and made her feel wanted and secure. And he's such a sweet, nice guy, like just like the nicest kid. And so on. and they were friends growing up and like, she always kind of knew he would be there as like an option. And she probably did think like, yeah, we probably will get married because like our dads are friends and we're friends and there's like, it works politically. Like it would improve like my family's own status within the kingdom. And, you know, it would have been like really easy and convenient. And I kind of feel like that was one of the main sorts of things because like Calum and Claudia are really close for years, but nothing really changes in their lives. And then when things do start to change in early season one, like they very, very quickly fall apart in ways that they never recover from. And then early season two is kind of just like the nail in the hair, like the nail in the coffin. And that doesn't mean I don't think they can't reconcile like later in the, in this series and, you know, like one day eventually be friends again, but like, it's never going to be quite the same. And it was, it, it's a really interesting relationship to me. And so I was, I was really excited to see what the novelization did with it. And I thought that was interesting, but it's also like, you could make the argument that, that's what Claudia has tricked herself into believing. I don't quite think that it's that if you're if you're looking at the novelization as canon. Um, I do think that, I don't know. Yeah, I just, the idea of Claudia, you know, it was, it was an interesting, it was just an interesting line and I'm sure I'll mull over it. Maybe one day I'll be like, you know what? That does make sense to me. Like maybe we'll get, you know, like I think one of the main reasons is like in, um, in the Dragon Prince, the one kind of hint that we get about Claudia of liking him is that she suggests the date, but because she's suggesting it while under the guise of like, we know she's trying to convince him to come home. You're like, how genuine is that really? I think maybe that's one of the reasons why of like, it's hard to think of Claudia's affection for Callum as genuine because so much of it seems to pale in comparison to what he feels, which feels like naturally kind of unequal. But also because so much of what we see of it is Welsh, we know that she's like manipulating him on a certain amount of levels. And we're just kind of waiting to see how far she's going to go. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Oh, excuse me. And I don't know, like, so that was kind of like the main things. One thing that I loved though, one thing that I absolutely adored was that, um, I got a question. This was like, I want to say like a year ago, months. It was a lot months ago. It was a, it was a long time ago. 
um but season three is still out because the hiatus is still going yay us um but somebody asked like if there was one thing you could change about the series what would you change and i always watch ezrin's arc like a hawk i've been in a couple of fandoms now in a row i was in star wars and i was in voltron and my favorite characters got sidelined in those fandoms like i loved finn in star wars and i loved shiro and allura from voltron um and then even in things like shiro princess of power like Bo was my favorite character and then even like in the owl house i really love like i would say that like gus and then like Luz, ida and king are like all probably like my favorites um and so I've been in a few fandoms now where I've watched the darker skinned characters of color get really like sidelined or like things like that. Like it happens to Allura and Voltron. It really happens to Shiro, although he's not like a, a dark skinned character of color. Um, and then it happens to like Gus in the Owl House and it happens to Bo and Shira. I had it happened to Finn. Finn was done so dirty in Star Wars. So that's a rant for another day. And so going to the Dragon Prince, I was like, okay, Ezrin is the main darker skin character of color of the main trio. Like, yes, Kylan was there, but he's still lighter skinned. And I'm going to watch Ezrin like a hawk to make sure that he's not being sidelined because I've been through this like four or five different times by now and I, I'm sick of it. And so one of the, the, the one thing that I would have liked to see from the show where I feel like they kind of failed Ezrin and again it, this is this is a minor nitpick like Ezrin's arc in season three is fantastic it's the most independent arc we've ever seen anyone he's one of the linchpins of the entire show's narrative alongside Rayla in terms of getting the plot going like they are the two halves of that and like Ezrin is amazing and I'm so excited to see more of his like independence and his support system that he's cultivated for himself that exists outside of just Rayla and Callum although I do miss Rayla and Ezrin's friendship a lot and I really hope that season five focuses more on it or we get like some some good shit but the thing about Ezrin that I wish that we could have gotten like a glimpse of again nitpick is that in early season two like in two or three when they're at the moon nexus and Callum and Rayla are debating whether or not to trust Sword and Claudia. I would have loved, and I, I totally understand why the conflict stays between them, because I think it makes sense. That is the main conflict. You know, like Ezrin never really had to have an arc about whether or not he would trust Rayla. He always did or wanted to. And Callum always wanted to, but he didn't always let himself or didn't always know if he should. So I'm like, that it makes sense. And like, and all those sorts of things. And like, I, I understand why they did it that way. But I would have really loved for there to have been a line of like Ezrin kind of weighing in because Claudia and Soren are his friends too. And it just felt kind of weird to me. Um, even kind of like, I don't know if it was like maybe not the first time I was watching it because it was like 5 a.m. in the morning and it's the season was a lot to process all at once for a for just the plot alone, like the lore expansion. Oh, season two is crazy. Season two is nuts um and i've currently rewatched it twice within the past like basically like week and a half like two weeks so that's just where my brain is right now um 
but I would have loved for Ezrin to kind of, and again, like I assumed what I assumed is exactly what happened in the book in terms of Ezrin being like, well, if Callum is trusting Rayla and they're making this decision that I'm going to trust my brother and I'm just going to go along with, with what they're saying, because in season one and season two, like one of Ezrin's problems is that he is kind of passive when it comes to making decisions for himself and his choices that he makes regarding the egg are kind of the exception to the rule. And I think that's also why like, Zim is an important part of Ezrin's like king and growing up arc. But again, that's a whole, maybe that's a meta for another day. Cause now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, yeah, this might be fun to talk about further, but kind of just like, you know, as just seeing Ezrin's perspective, even if it had just been like one line, I would have really appreciated it. Um, so then when the, when the novelization comes, they have that scene from Ezrin's point of view. And so we get to see kind of what he thinks and we, he tries to weigh in and Callum and Rila kind of ignore him because they're caught up in their own mess of emotions, tunnel vision thing that they have with each other. Cause they really, they really do tunnel vision. And I don't know if people know, know, like notice quite how much, but they do it all the time. It always cracks me up. It's always funny. Um, and I'm going to be doing or have done um, an episode commentary for 106. So we're going to get to talk about that because that is a tunnel vision random episode if there ever was one. Like in three different inst- it's, it's Anyway, I'm getting off topic. But yeah, so I was, I was really pleased that that chapter was from Ezra's point of view in that scene. And it was kind of like, you know, like my one little nitpick that wasn't catered specifically to my taste was then fixed in the novelization. And like, I did not think that it would be because why would they? And it it made me really, really happy. And it felt really specific because um, I feel like I'm, I haven't seen anybody else talk about it, but that was my kind of like one little thing and it was there. And so that made me really happy. Um, and it makes me happy thinking about like, the glory, like kind of like the glorious way that Ezra's going to be treated in future seasons with his own arcs and development and his, you know, giving screen time to his interiority, but that season one and season two and season three do a fantastic job at doing. So I was really pleased about that. It's kind of like, again, how like the season one novelization adds a lot to Ezra and Hera's relationship, which I think is like really appreciated. Um, and I'm also excited because the season one novelization had Rayla in the middle. The season two novelization has Calm in the middle. So I'm like, season three, better have baby boy Ezrud in the middle with his like crown. I'm excited. I'm so ready. God, I'm like, when the season three novelization comes out, that's going to be fun. I wonder how, how they're going to handle that though. Um, and then I'm just trying to think of like, I feel like overall, I preferred the season one novelization more. I feel like we learned more um, and stuff. I feel like part of that maybe is because like there was more room to put things in because season one has to juggle a lot, um, but it doesn't have to juggle quite as much as season two does. And so I think that like, that's really interesting. Um, And also like, I feel like there's a lot more stuff in season one particularly with Viren and Hera that has a lot more ambiguity you know like in season two you're kind of like you're starting to figure out what sort of sides everyone's gonna be on which is interesting um really loved the Claudia and Ezrin moments in the latter half of the season and all that sort of stuff and like 
things like that. Um, there were other, I'm trying to think if there was anything from like Soren in particular that really struck me, but I don't think so. Cause he was one of the things that did in, in the season one, I was Asian. I don't think he did this time. Um, yeah, I'm just thinking there was a lot of really sweet, small details, you know, like Callum noting that like Ezra has their mother's sense of humor of being like very sweet and encouraging. And I was like, oh my God, I miss Sarai so much every day. This is so rude. Um, and then I guess the main sort of things that like I want to talk about are the Raylum things. Because again, I, I was just kind of disappointed about some of the, um, some of the like, the fact that we didn't see the confession scene. But a lot of what was, it was, there was also like some really interesting choices because there was a couple of scenes, like the end of 203, when they have the really soft scene on Fifi that didn't get included because it's from Ezra's point of view and he didn't see that. So I'm like, that makes sense. And then, even though I was like hoping we would get a line because like I love that scene, but like there's no dialogue. So I never know what to put as like the caption for it. So I was like, maybe the novelization will give me a line to use. It didn't. We can't win it all. Um, but, and then there's another scene from 204. It's the lightning flash scene, and it's from Ezran's point of view. And again, he just thinks they're bickering. And I was like, I think that's really interesting that in some of the most kind of like romantic Rayla moments in season two, in some ways, like, like Rayla turning Calm away from Claudia to her on Fifi, like, there's no reason for that scene really to be there except to further their dynamic. And I say that because like we have an earlier scene in the same episode where like it gets almost like the exact same thing across where it's like Callum is sad and Cla and Rayla's like, I wish I wasn't right. Like, I'm sorry. And she puts a hand on his shoulder and it doesn't cheer him up. And so it's kind of like, and then, you know, and then they, they fly away. It's kind of like the episode could have ended there for the kids. It genuinely could have ended there. And you can argue that, like, you know, and then obviously, like, Cal and Riella, like, the first, like, episode two and episode three, it focuses a lot on their relationship in particular. And so it's really sweet, you know, and nice that, like, Riella cheers him up in the end but i'm like i really do think that that's a scene that exists mostly because like it's too loaded with symbolism on one level like it's not necessarily romantic but like it's very very easy to interpret it that way and i do think that it was probably added after they were like let's make this a relationship maybe if it wasn't i would be really i would be really interested to know um but like like, it's just there to further them. And so I guess, like, my actual point that I'm trying to make is that I think it's really interesting that, like, again, it's almost that idea of, like, reserving some things just for the audience. Of, like, Ezra either doesn't see it or doesn't quite understand what's happening. But we do. And I think this, I, I think in a weird way, it adds this, like, extra layer of, like, emotional intimacy to Raylum's dynamic. And I really enjoyed that. And I also just love Ezra's POV so much. And speaking of which, this was kind of, this was probably like my favorite thing in the novelization, point blank. And again, it's really specific to me. So I'm not expecting this to be special for anybody else, but it was really special 
specifically to me of that there's the scene in 204 in the beginning when they're looking over the water and Rayla is like, oh, I don't want to cross it. Like, I, you know, I hate, you know, she hates the water. And Callum's like, oh, we'll walk around it with our legs, even though like it's a sea, like that's going to take. And she's like, no, like, and she calls him sweet. And like, that's why this scene meant a lot to me. And it's just such a nice little gesture. It's one of those things where I'm like, Callum, how do you not know that you like her? Like, come on, buddy. You're so, you would do anything for this girl. Like, it's just, it, it really is sweet though. And so I made this, and again, it's one of those scenes where like Ezrin doesn't really weigh in in the scene. Like he talks and whatever, and like he has his own lines, but he doesn't, what really is the one who shoots it down. So we don't get to see how Ezrin feels about the whole, like, let's walk around the sea plan. And his expression doesn't change really. And so, cause it's such, it's such a quick interaction of like the three of them in the shot. And then after Callum finishes speaking, it like almost like immediately cuts to just real. So I'm like, you know, there's not really a lot of time because they're usually really good at giving all the characters like Ezra included like little background expressions that change. I was just making a post about what if Ezra's in like 207 that I really appreciate. So I'm like, they, they usually cover all their bases. But again, again, when there's when there's wiggle room, I like to make jokes. And so over a year ago, and for my every Realm scene series, where like I edit screen caps and stuff of every Realm scene in this series, I wasn't great in the beginning. But we're here now. I've improved. We're on season three. So I'm very excited. And why did I say we? It's just me. But I have enough personality maybe for like four people. Maybe that's it. But, oh, I'm so off topic. Okay, but when I was doing that for that scene in 204, I made this joke. I was like, Ezrin is like, you know, like his face in like the fifth capture, he's the fifth uh, screen cap, he's just like completely blank. And me being like, oh, ha, like he's thinking like, oh my God, like my brother's gonna make us walk around an ocean because he's whipped for this girl like oh my god like no you know and that was the joke and then in the novelization they have you know like a line of like you know like Ezra knew that really didn't like water but like he was he was sure she could face her fear and like he was about to encourage her to do so and like Callum spoke and you know and Callum's like oh well we can just walk around it somehow with our legs and then the next line is Ezrin couldn't believe what he was hearing. Thankfully, Rayla shook her head and said no. And I was like, I can't believe my like shit post joke that I was making just for me is in the novelization. So clearly Ezrin is just the character where I get everything I want that I didn't know that I wanted novelization wise from. And I'm really hoping this trend continues because, like, I don't want for much for Ezrin. Like, I'm like, you ba- you give me everything I need show already. I don't really need that much more. You you do the heavy lifting. But I'll never say no to more Ezrin. So I just thought that, that was really funny. Um, there were other things that I think I would maybe be a bit more hyped about. Like, Viren's mentor was really interesting. And something about, like, Claudia overhearing a fight that Viren and his uh, mentor, like Kapar, I think that's how you say it. Um, it's spelled, it's not, I heard them say the name at the San Diego Comic-Con and I was like, oh, I know how to spell that. 
And then like, it's not spelt like that at all in the book. And I was like, oh God. Um, but neither is Salir, the name of the councilman. So maybe I'm just not good at spelling names. But yeah, I was like Claudia overhearing them fight and Viren being like, I'll do whatever it takes for my family. And I was like, that's really interesting. Um, and I feel like maybe I would be more like, ooh, oh my God. But I also know that like we're, one of the things that they talked about at the San Diego Comic-Con is another graphic novel that they're planning to do about Viren and his mentor, or at least just his mentor. And I was like, nobody saw that coming in terms of like, what's the next graphic novel going to be? Like I was like, maybe like something with Janai or like something, you know? Um, not Viren, his mentor, but it did make me laugh because again, I had a one shot where I was going to do something and it was going to be Viren's mentor of this like woman who like, you know, I have a lot of headcanons about Viren's family life growing up and I should probably try and get those out before the graphic novel comes out and ruins some of them and makes them not canon because I just, I like to explore those, those, uh, I can't speak, interpretations while I have them and then I can also enjoy canon. So it's like I get, I get my like dual fun time um so i think about the novelization that's it but if anybody has anything specific that they want to ask they definitely can um as always you can send in your questions at Raylum with two a's with an asterisk and that goes for also like any future podcast questions and i think that closes off the novelization portion so my general review is really fun probably seven out of ten um like rating if you want if you will if you enjoyed the season one novelization you'll probably enjoy this one if you didn't enjoy the season one novelization the style and prose probably isn't for you i'm just happy it was easy to read because as an english major i had to read a whole bunch of really boring dense stuff so i was like this is for kids this is for eight-year-olds i had a good time and that's my official review so for the second part of this podcast episode um, we're going to talk about all the sort of like San Diego Comic-Con spoilers. There was a lot of them and um, the crew and creators is something I really didn't expect was like, not only did I think we would get like five and if, if that would be like max um, and just for season four, what they did was, that was the dog. What they did was they were like, we're going to give you like, I think it was like 20 spoilers and it's, they could take place anytime in future seasons. So see anywhere from season four, season five, six, seven, any, any time. And I was like, oh my God, my brain is breaking. Like, what do I do? I was, I was not prepared. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of like talk about the ones that I thought was really interesting. Obviously, I, I have a high interest in the ones that I think might take place during season four. And some of those are definitely like influenced by like my person. Watch them all be from like season five and they're just fucking with us. But like, <laughs> um, and so I kind of am just going to be sort of going over some of the theories that I wrote down in my sort of initial spoiler theories because I don't, I didn't have ideas for every spoiler. And these were kind of the main ones that stuck out to me. But it is nice to know that at least, you know, every day we are getting closer to season four even if it doesn't feel like it. And then of course, uh, I guess I'll talk about the graphic novels of We Have Blood Moon Huntress, which is about Runan, Athari, and Rayla's like childhood. Um, that's coming out April 5th, 2023, because, is it? I, I, I completely forgot what year it is. 
Is it 2021? I can't believe this is happening to me right now. It is 2021. Yay! I mean, no, it's not yay, but like, okay, so the graphic novel is coming out April 5th, 2022. And that's how you know I have been working too much. And so I forgot the year. <sighs> it's a good thing I'm pretty. Okay, anyway. And then, of course, we're also going to have The Puzzle House, which is the graphic novel that's about Viren and his mentor, Kapar. Again, I think I'm pronouncing it right, but I am prepared to be totally wrong. And who knows if we'll ever really hear it said out loud outside of interviews. So who knows? Um, and then one of the kind that I'm really excited about, though, because it does seem like it'll be a really cool insight into, like, dark magic and how that gets taught. And, like, I wonder what Viren would have taken from that in terms of teaching Claudia. And maybe this is one of the reasons why he started to teach Claudia in the first place and like you know in his relationship with his wife maybe if she hadn't left like it, it could be really really cool and I'm always a fan of learning more about how characters grew up which is one of the reasons why I'm so excited for both of them because it's like I would love to see young Claudia and Soren's childhood at the castle and like glimpses of it and glimpses of their relationship with Callum and Ezra and like how different was Callum and Soren's bond in the beginning like when it comes to crush on Claudia and like what were their relationships like with Ezra before because we don't really get to see too much of that in the show so I'm like that would be really interesting we only get glimpses of what Callum's relationship with either of them was like before you know um which I think is all really interesting and then obviously I'm really excited about the Ruthari con I'm so happy for the Rutharis. You guys deserve it so much. You do so well with your one scene. And I've never seen a single Ruthari shipper ever complain about the lack of content. You guys are real ones. You deserve this. I hope you get I hope you get the softest shit you've ever seen in your life because you you really do deserve it. Um, my one kind of hope, I guess, like beyond sort of like, I'm just want to know about, I want to know if Rayla had friends growing up. I'm really curious about that. And I want to, and it would just make me really soft if like, she didn't have a best friend and she always wanted one. And then I was like, years, like years later, she's like, Calum's my best friend. Like that would, oh, I think about it sometimes and I tear up a little. So that would be really sweet. And I would love if that was the case. Um, and then... But yes, so I think, and then one more thing before we get to the out of context spoilers that I wanted to talk about was we did see, and I feel like I'm going to mispronounce his name, so if I do, bear with me, um, Kareem, is it Karim? No, it's Kareem, um, who seems, who is basically like Janai's brother, and he has a really nice design, he has a beard, and we haven't really seen Elves outside of Tales of Zadia with beards, so it's like nice to know that we have confirmation that like they do grow them. Because most of the human males, I think, that we ha that we see are old enough, grow beards. Like, um, Corvus has his stubble, and Soren eventually grows some, and so does Gren. And then, does Corvus get stubble at one point? I know, I can't remember. I'm losing my mind. That's clearly what it is. I'm just going, starting to lose it. Um, and also, like, Hera and Viren both have beards, and the other kings have beards and whatever and stuff. Now I feel like Callum has to have a beard. Callum and Ezra have to have beards just for that or something. I think Callum could look good with a little, like, a little, maybe not even, like, a goatee, but, like, I don't know. It would suit him if he, if he got old enough. <clears throat> if he got to be, like, 
25 or something. Okay, give me an epilogue. I want an epilogue. Um, I'm just, this is going to be an interesting episode. You know, I hope you guys are having fun. I hope you are having fun. And so kind of like, yeah, I guess sort of like his role is going to be sort of what I was expecting it to be of like, he seems to be younger. He seems to probably be harboring more anti-human sentiment, which I totally get because humans killed Kessa. Again, give me King Alain being mad about his son and give me Prince Karim being mad about his sister. I want it. I want my foils and my parallels so badly. And I think like, it's really hard to argue with somebody when they're prejudiced in a certain way and especially in in real life you can do what you want but like in fiction it's kind of like you know like if king Ollie was like i really don't like zadia and they killed my son i'm like well like you are a father experiencing the loss of a child which is like one of the worst possible losses a human being can go through and i say that's somebody who doesn't want children to begin with so i'm like I can't, you know, I don't think you should attack anyone, but like, I can't say that you're not valid, buddy. You know, it's kind of where I fall. So I'm like, I would really like, I think that would be interesting. I also just would love to see another brother-sister bond. And now I'm kind of wondering, again, I'm, I'm speaking aloud. So I guess this counts as a new theory. So you're getting a new theory. Yay. Um, although we do trust, we do touch on Prince Karim later in the actual like theories that I laid out of like, Karim and Janai being able to work through their differences and become like stronger and like a united team. Now that Soren and Claudia are so split apart, I think maybe that would be interesting. Or for Karim, and, I also just don't want Janai to lose another sibling. I'm like, she really clearly loved her sister and like, it would just make me sad. And I also think like Karim could be a good foil to like, Kasef wasn't willing to let go and that's what got him killed. But like, this other character can't it's kind of like how like Hero didn't get to let go of some of the things that like Rail is now grappling with in terms of her own guilt complexes and it would be nice to see her let those things go because like Hero wasn't able to or he did too late and so I'm like you know characters who get the chance to do things that other characters didn't have the time to do it, it, it it's very heartwarming and sad but also like nice to see like real change so I'm like that that would be nice um and I think those are all the main things, except there's also going to be uh, merch for Christmas and the winter holiday season. And there's the Erebus hoodie. And I want that goddamn hoodie. So I already know what I'm asking for. Because um, I, it's not like I don't have a million sweaters already. But I'm like, I don't have a Dragon Prince one. So here we are. Um... <laughs> And then I guess from there on out, um, I did have a question also, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this. Um, we're the Canadian dragon. Hi, so great to hear from you. Hi, Sarah. I love when you send in questions you have before. You're a gem. Thank you for sending this one in. Um, but having a great time catching up on your podcast. Thank you. I've been having a fun time and I'm hoping, I always say like, I'm hoping to get back to a regular recording and uploading schedule and then it happens for like two weeks and then doesn't happen again. But we're going to see because I'm going to be more on like a set sort of like schedule now and like I would in some ways, like I don't want to have all the episode commentaries and things out, but I'm also like the second we get anything for season four 
and like we're probably gonna get some stuff in October about like something Dragon Prince wise and like whatever and like we might get the Blood Moon Huntress cover soon and like whatever and we're, we're going into another dry spell kind of in some ways but like the New York Comic Con is in like a little over a month like it's gonna be it's gonna be here so fast I know September is gonna go by crazy fast um especially for everyone who's going back to school which I technically am. I don't know. It's it's a certificate program, so it's it is school and it's not. Um, what am I talking about? Yes. Okay. Sarah's question. <laughs> um, I would love to know what out of context spoilers from the Comic Con intrigue you the most, and any theories you have about them. So, thank you for sending that in. Um, Luckily, I already kind of have those laid out because I did make a post. I hit the ground running. I was like, I need to have these out now because I'm like, you know, I don't think anyone's going to like steal my theory, but like, because like this is the internet and like it's Tumblr, like there, there's no clout here. Like it's not that deep, but I didn't want, I wanted to get my thoughts out before I kind of read anybody else's because I kind of wanted to get my thoughts out in like isolation and then kind of be let myself be influenced by other people's ideas and concept to see like things that I miss or something maybe like to see if people were thinking along similar lines or really different ones or like whatever um so that would be really interesting and then you know I would love and so I'm, I'm gonna start kind of with my with my first theory and just theory number one and I've nicknamed the theories just for like simplicities like organizational sake uh, so theory one is Ezrin's birthday and so I was kind of like I think that early season four might have an episode that has Ezrin's birthday because it would be a really nice way to catch us up time skip wise and then there's a couple of spoilers that could that could fall into that of like Opelli usher to secret council meeting a mysterious meeting with Barius and a card that says two cakes and so I think either like I feel like the mysterious meeting with Barius could only be something really about like food or jelly tarts. And I feel like it'd be a nice way to show how much time has passed in show. And a year is slightly longer of a time skip than I was expecting, but it's still easily like I was expecting six months, but a year's still very, very minimal. So like, and again, maybe it's not season four, maybe it's season five or, or even season six, like who, season six, like who knows? Um, but I thought that could be interesting. And then I was also thinking that it would be a really nice sort of like, and it also just made me really soft because I was like, it's the idea of like Ezrin's council and seeing how his support group has like solidified and stuff like that, throwing him like a little birthday surprise because like he's a king, but he's like their little guy and they love him. It just made me too soft to pass up. Like, I love Ezra's relationship with his council so much. It's so sweet to me. It's one of my favorite relationships in the show. And I need to write more one-shots about it because I've only written... I've written a one-shot of, of Ezra and Soren. I've written Ezra and Corvus, but I would love to write... I have I have a Calman Pelly Bro TP one-shot on the back burner that I have a lot of headcans, like, kind of, like, basic premise for... But I would love to write something about Ezra and his whole council again. Because I've done some drabbles here and there. But I would love to do something more, like, solid. And then 
I was also thinking that there's this one line of Soren howls along in in brackets, and I was like, if Alice and Ava are invited to Esmond's party, like they're the, like that's the main sort of like wolf character that we know, and I don't know if Soren would just howl along with a random wolf, and I would love for Alice and Ava to show up again. And again, I think that would be really sweet so that they did like stay in touch, um, especially if both Callum and Riella aren't there for if Riella is still gone or if Callum has gone after her. Um, I think that could be really interesting. And I could also see the two cakes being like a future thing of like Callum and Riella didn't get to have a birthday celebration, but their birthdays are very close together. They're like two weeks apart in canon. Um, also like a year and two weeks, you know, like they're a year apart, but like their birthdays are two weeks apart. And so I think that could be sweet, but currently I want it to be Ezrin because I love seeing him get appreciated and I want it to be his counsel because that makes me soft. So that's my current theory there. Um, and again, like I want, I want Alice and Ava to be there. So they could so easily not be there, but I want them to be there. So that's why I have my theory. Um, theory number two is kind of the different cards relating to Zadian and Pentarchy politics. So there was this one card that said the gathering of the six horns. And I was like, it must be either elves or dragons from each of the six main primal sources like Zadian groupings. And I was like, it could refer to a whole bunch of different things. So it could refer to like the, the decision to exile humans when they were locking Erebos away. Because we know that Avizandum did imprison him, but I would imagine that like he would need moon like there's no way that Erebus's prison isn't moon magic like it's literally a reflection that encases you in a state in between life and death like there's no way uh, and i am really curious about why they didn't just kill Erebus. so we're gonna have to see about that or i could also see it referring to a postseason three gathering to discuss like the logistics of peace with humans in the pentarchy but i'm sure it's clearly it's clearly gonna be dragons or elves. I don't really know what else it could be because it's very clear. Like you have like the six and then the pentarchy has its five. So I'm like, watch me be like dead wrong somehow. It's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm in terms of theories, there's very few where I'm like, I'm actually going to be like bummed if I'm totally wrong. Cause mostly I'm just going to be like, oh my God, what they did instead is also so cool. And I love it. So I'm, I'm very easy to please. Um, then we had this one card that had like, that was like divided down like the middle, like split. And so it was kind of the idea of like speeches with Janai on one side and Karim on the other. So it's kind of like, I think they're going to have juxt what I was talking about before of like juxtaposed ideals concerning how, like who rules Luxoria and how, and Janai like being for peace and like having like a my on that. And like, maybe like each of them rallying like their respective like armies or factions. And then there was... Z, Z and Z, or Z and Z, heart to heart, giant hat, question mark. And I was like, oh, that has to be Zim and Zubeya because they're the only like Z names. And so I was like, I'm placing this tentatively in season six or season seven. Um, cause I think it'll be longer before Zim starts speaking, but again, maybe it'll be, man, I'm not ready for Zim to speak. It's going to be so fucking weird. It doesn't matter. It's going to be like one like Bumblebee spoilers for transformers prime but like whenever bumblebee speaks i'm like you didn't speak for so much like you can't you can't go back now it's weird it's weird that being said he's a good little robot boy so i'm like i'll still love zim but the second zim speaks like i'm low-key gonna want to shit myself but i was like but them having a heart to heart is really sweet and like 
you know, maybe about like Zim taking his mother's place on the throne and like it's the giant hat, like a crown or something like that. Um, and then I just have this bonus card where it's chorus found no trace, commotion in quotation marks, sunfire priest apprehended. And so I was like, I'm assuming that this is about the Janai and Karim arc. And that also makes me excited because maybe if like, if, if Janai is being coronated, like Amaya would be there probably. And like Corvus would have to be there. And like maybe Esmeralda's there too. So maybe it's like a gat, like that would just, I just want the politics and I love the con. I love the possibilities for Janai and Esmeralda's friendship. So I would love if we got to see some of that. Then we have theory three, which is general flashbacks and world building. So we had crystal slash gem lecture. I was like, it made sense for me for that card to go to Callum, whether it's him just learning about earth magic or he's starting to learn the earth arcanum itself in a later season. And I was like, it could also maybe refer to a moon crystal, like trying to track Rayla since we know that moon opals and the like can have special properties, but I don't really have too much for that. And I could also maybe see like Erebos um, explaining something to Claudia or Viren or something like that. Um and just yeah but i think it'll definitely probably be somebody learning about something to do with magic um but i was like crystal and gem is very like i do oh i think there's something in the spell book and i can't remember it now and i wonder if i wrote it down because i had a document where i was compiling all the additional canon material because somebody was like i really wish we had that so i was like working on this like master doc list and i didn't get through everything but i do think there's different branches of earth magic there's like general like plants and animals and then there's just like minerals and earth so like it probably is earth magic but falling under that sort of second category which is interesting um then there is meet the guardians of the great gates and i was like i'm assuming this is the star nexus and possibly other star touch elves and i was like i could also see the gates being metaphorical and the great ones, which you already know Erebus is a part of, thanks Desired in like the season three premiere and the book one moon normalization confirming it of being part of who are the first elves and that they know how elves first connected to primal sources. And I was like, one thing that makes me lean this way is that like Pyrda, a skyrim from Tales of Zadia, studies more than her own primal. And so we know that it's not like taboo for elves to do so. Like they're allowed to learn through more source of magic than one. And she hopes to retire someday as something called a guardian of knowledge. And so I'm like the guardians of the great gates. Like, could it be even like almost like almost similar to like Calm's dream of like him going in and it's like the gates of magic itself. And these are the guardians, the six primal sources and Calum is like connecting to the essence of magic itself. And then the arcanums just flow through it or, or it could be a place and it could be something like, we have no idea about and so or give me the star so i'm i'm really curious to see when and when like where and how and when that card's going to come into play that's probably one of the cards i'm most excited about because i think like the great gate i also just love gates i have a thing for fantasy worlds with like special gates i write them in my own and like avatar has like the gates of azulon and it's like one of my favorite things so it's like i think it's super interesting and then we have theory number four, where Claudia and Rayla, because Claudia and Rayla aren't actually, I don't think their names are put on any of the cards. And I think that's really interesting because like, you know, I'm watching like a hawk to be like, where's my baby girl? Where's my Rayla? You know, um, and Claudia is going to be a mess and that's going to be so fun. And so the, one of the things that I had was, I think that one of the cards says moonshadow elf, creepy grave place, lantern lit. 
And it didn't strike me as real love because, like, whose graves would she really be visiting, right? Like, there's no one for her to really go to. And it doesn't strike me as, like, we're not going to see, like, a Thari. Like, it's not going to be creepy. And so what I think it is, is I think it's Claudia and Viren digging up Moonshadow elf grades for spell parts while in Zadia. And I would probably really to put, like, two bucks on that in terms of a bet, at least. And, like, I'm not a gambler at all. So I'm, like, I'm pretty I'm pretty damn confident that that's what it is. And it would be really interesting and dark and twisted. It's all the things I want for Claudia in season four as, like, a villain. And so I'm really excited for that. And then there's this one card that says, Nyx, um, I'm back. And so I think that maybe that could be for Rayla. And, like, I've wanted a Nyx-Rayla team up in season four. I have, again, I have a one shot on the back burner right now that I'm going to try and get out in time for Through the Moon's like one year anniversary. And I have another couple one shots I want to get out for Through the Moon before again Canon comes in, poo-poos it all. Um, but I would, but I'm like, Nyx can only have that sort of vibe with Cal Marella adjacently because she's met them. And I think really running into Nyx on her own could be like really funny and emotional and sweet of Nyx being like, where's your boyfriend? Rayla's like, don't ask me that and like Nick's kind of being like well you owe me because like you saved or like I owe you because you saved my life so I guess I'll help and like they could have a really nice almost like big sister cousin bonds and like it would just be so nice so I'm really hopeful for that and then my one of my sort of final theories is coin theory and there's this one card from Ezrin that says, Ez dot dot, then all take my hand, love over control. And I think it might be a reference to a ritual relating to getting Renan, Lane, and Tiadrin out of the coins. And the take take my card hand from Ezrin is similar to when Lu Jane says, everyone hold hands for the um, ceremony for Fifi at the Moon Nexus. And Ezrin also being like, you know, for forgiveness. And, and then there's also the fact that like, the Thari said, take my hand in 303 for forgiveness and reconciliation with Rayla. And that would be kind of similar with Ezrin working to bring back somebody who like hurt his father, at least to, intended to, or killed her, flat out killed Harold. Like we still don't totally know. And so I think that like that could be really moving and emotional and also makes me think that like, you know, to release people would take a lot of magic and I don't know what, and I'm assuming it would have to be a spell. Um... And I'm fully banking on the fact that scene will probably make me cry like a little bitch because most scenes in the Dragon Prince do. And I love them for it. Um, and then the sort of bonus thing was that a theory about sword and zoo did is look, I cannot speak. Goodness gracious me. Um, a bonus was Zorin and Zubeya. And so there was this one card where Zorin, Zorin and Zubeya were on one of the cards together, and I had like never expected them to interact. But then I was like, well, they actually do have a bit in common. Soren couldn't protect his king, Harrow, and failed other at first by agreeing to his father's plans. And Zubeya was absent from the spire the day her, her king, her mate, was killed. And the day she believed that her child was killed and that Zim was actually stolen. And so now that Ezrin's the new king and Zim has returned to his mother, Soren and Zubeya both kind of have like these second chances to protect their own royal families and their loved ones. And especially given the fact that Ezrin and Zim's like stances towards peace in each other and like humans and Zadia like isn't also going to be like super popular for everyone. 
And I just think that would be really sweet. I love that. That's like the sort of bro TP that like, I feel like I would write it. I would write a niche one shot for. So if I actually got it in Canon, I would fucking love that. That would be amazing. Um, and so once again, Canadian dragon, Sarah, thank you for saying that question. I love answering it. I hope you enjoy seeing some of my theories. Um, I hope you guys in, in general, and again, if anyone ever wants to throw a theory by me, please feel, please feel free. I'm always down to hear things. There might be something that I completely missed. And now I kind of feel like I should go and look over all the out of context builders again, just to see if there's anything that like pings me. So I might do that even now, because I know I took screenshots of all of them. Um, again, I don't think I missed anything, but yeah, there's just like flashback part two, the Zord and Zubaya card is literally just that. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of just the funny warm coda I'm like, I swear to God, if that is the goddamn epilogue of the show, I will kill them. I want that so much. It would be so sweet. The coda is like the closing sort of like thing of, of an episode. And like there are there are definitely episodes of um of the Dragon Prince that end on uplifting notes. Like absolutely. Like there, there's a I would say almost most episodes kind of do in some ways. Whether they either they end on like the most awful cliffhanger ever or they end on a really sort of like heartwarming note. And there's not really much in between. But one thing that I thought was interesting in terms of like patterns is like every season of the Dragon Prince, the last shot of the season is a villain. So like in season one the last shot is like it goes from Claudia and then it goes to like Viren. Um, and then the final shot of season two is Sol Regum, and then season three is Claudia and Viren, and they look at Erebos, so it's simply Erebos. And I just, I don't think that trend's maybe going to end until, I'll be, I'll be curious to see if and when that trend is broken, and if it happens before the final season. And it makes me think that maybe, like, Claudia could be the final sort of villain shot of the season, for season four but we see on her face that like maybe she's starting to think like do i actually want this so she's like not quite she's still like the villain she doesn't really want to be one anymore like that could be interesting um but yeah we have scary ice hand scene which i think is probably like a nightmare about uh from rayla about her hand we have it's a monster and monster is like a really loaded word in the series and i have a meta that i'm writing right now about that i just started drafting so again hopefully up sooner rather than later um we have ez and callum arrive at weir ruins ez ez nods yes i'm like okay that's clearly Alarion, the ruins of Alarion. and i'm like i wonder if because like it makes sense that if Callum thought he had found Rayla, he wouldn't go after her on his own, especially when that's what he was getting on her case about doing. But I am curious to see because I'm like, you know what? I almost feel like it like Rayla must be off doing something else or she's been captured because otherwise like there's no way she would let the boys do something rescue like that on their own unless she had somewhere else that she felt that she needed to be. Um and so, yeah, I'll be really curious to see how that all goes. And Illyrion isn't that far from the border. Oh, and one thing that I really liked that I forgot to mention, the season two novelization, is that I really liked there was this one page art that they did, and it was of Callum and Rayla, and it looks like thunder above the moon. And 
it was just so nice to see my babies in like some sort of newish content. I was like, oh my God, this is in color. This would be my new icon. It's not, it's black and white, but I was still like, oh my God, I miss them so much. Um, and so, yeah, and so that's kind of it for now. And I hope you guys all enjoyed this. As always, feel free to ask me questions. Hope you're staying safe, healthy, happy, um, and dragons out. Peace.